Thanks for joining us in the Robinette's Nest with Chuck and Christy Robinette, where we discuss the empty nest and beyond. Hi, this is Christy Robinette. And this is Chuck Robinette. And this is the Robinette's Nest. And this is a bit more of a somber podcast than we normally have. I guess so. You don't like the somber? No, I'm not really into it. Not so much. But today is September 11th. It is 9-11, That's 2020. True. Yeah. 19 years ago today. It kind of changed our world. Yeah, it changed a whole lot of things. So everybody always goes down the memory lane of where were where you? Where were you? So where were you on 9-11? Oh, I was a supervisor in a warehouse, and I went to break at like about, I don't know, quarter, it was either 8.30, quarter to 9. I guess it was quarter to 9. And I was sitting upstairs in a break room, and they had a TV up in the corner by the ceiling. And I'm looking at it from across the room, and it shows the World Trade Center. And I'm thinking, okay, what are they showing? And it looks like it's on fire. And I thought, wow, that's kind of weird. And there was no volume or anything. And the next thing you know, before long, you see another airplane going into the other tower. And it's like, oh, my God. So I went downstairs to our offices, and I told my boss. And he, you know, he wouldn't believe me. You know, he said, oh, you're kidding. You're more words than that. More, but better, more yeah, colorful Much more colorful that. words. Yeah. I said, no, run up there and go see. And he came back. He was stunned. Everybody was just stunned. And it's like, you know, what do you do? Yeah. You still got to work. You know, again, this is in the morning. We weren't done till four o'clock or three 30. I think it was something like that. And, you know, we had hundreds of employees and they wanted to go home be with their families because no one knew what was going to happen. I mean, you know, people weren't going to, well, we, well, no one knew really. Nobody knew. No. And, and, and you just want to be home with your family. You wanted to be safe. That's all. Yeah. But you, it, you had to continue to work though, yeah, right? Absolutely. No one got to go home. I think your kids were, Put on lockdown. They were on lockdown, I think, too. Yeah, I think their mother picked them up. And because uh, yeah. nobody knew, nobody, there were so many speculations as to what was happening, what wasn't happening, if Detroit was next, if anywhere that had like a big, where there were a, a lot of people building. or a large building. We had the Ren Center in Detroit. They were worried about the Mall of America in Minneapolis, you know, obviously the Sears Tower or the Hancock Building or whatnot in Chicago. Um, and there were fighters. Uh, we have Selfridge Air Force Base here in Michigan in Macomb County, and they had the the jets out there just in case it was a you know because they locked every plane down, sure. everything had to land. So for me, mine was a little bit different than yours. I the weekend before nine eleven, mm-hmm. I had traveled to New York City and back home from New York City. And we were in a different place in our life. You were married with kids, right? I was divorced. You were divorced with kids. Yeah, with kids. I was in a relationship with somebody. My kids were little. Um, And I had gone to New York, had an interesting encounter because on the way to New York, the hydraulics went out in the plane and we had to make an emergency landing. And it went out over Pennsylvania. So to this day, I always feel like it's just eerie and it got even eerier. So I somehow managed to get back on a plane 
even though it's sort of like you get back on the horse and ride. Because if I didn't get back on a plane, I knew I would never fly again because right. it was a frightening. When the pilot comes over and says, everybody go into crash position and pray to God because mm-hmm. his brakes went out. Right. Oddly enough, it was the smoothest landing that I've ever had. And we, we landed in a field, in a field. next to, yeah, yeah, it on the bottom. Next to Met- Metro. Yeah. Um, so got back on a plane, went to New York. Had I was very stressed out the whole time. Didn't know why. Big cities do that to me, though. So I didn't think that that was anything right. abnormal. Flew home. And as we were flying home, there was a, a, about... Uh, about a dozen, maybe, maybe a little less than a dozen men that wanted to change seats and they were all arguing because they wanted to be in different seats and they had a sheet of paper that had, um, I don't know if it was like, like a blueprint of some sort. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were arguing with people that were in the seats that they wanted to sit in. Now, back then, you could actually trade seats. Yeah, you could trade seats. Now, you can't. No, because of this. Because of this. So, they wanted to trade seats, and they were causing a ruckus. So, I looked over at the flight attendant. We caught one another's eyes because they were, like, right in front of me. And... They didn't ask me to move, though, but they were right in front of me and they were arguing and they were of a different uh, demographic where they spoke other another language. Sure. So they were speaking their foreign language. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked over at her and she looked at me and I said, I feel very uncomfortable. And she said, I do, too. So she ended up getting the pilot and the pilot made everybody get into their seats that they were assigned to. And they checked everybody, they checked everybody's itinerary. Like they went around and everyone had to be rechecked. So to this day, I wonder if they were doing a pre-run. A test run, maybe. And whether it was, you know, to New York, to Detroit, I I don't know what it was, but I'm not even going to off that. But it's always stuck in my mind. And afterwards, I was talking to everybody, like right afterwards, I was talking to everybody at work about it. And my boss at the time, his daughter worked for the Pentagon Mm -hmm. and he had a son-in-law that also worked for the Secret Service. And he looked at me and he goes, that's a really weird thing that happened. He goes, I think you should call the airline and talk to somebody. So Mm -hmm. I did. And I called them and I said, I know this is probably nothing and it's really weird. And I'm just letting you know that this is what happened. And they, you know, were very like, well, thank you, and took all my flight information and what seat I was on and, you know, and all of that stuff. Right. Didn't think anything of it until, what, four days later? Yeah. And I'm sitting at my desk, and I always have my radio on. Mm -hmm. When I was working, I always had it, you know, on very low. We had this conversation yesterday. I work really well with background noise. Background noise. noise Yeah. Or I can't deal with it. And so I heard, you know, a plane ran into the World Trade Center and there must have been a malfunction. You know, it was everyone thought right. it was an accident, right. right? And so I told I ran over to my boss and who had, you know, a daughter that worked for the Pentagon. Right. And I said, Oh my gosh, uh, a plane ran into the World Trade Center or clipped it. That's what they originally had said. And we ran up to the conference room and we turned on the news and we saw the second plane mm-hmm. crash. 
And he said, oh, my God, I got to get home. Because his home was uh, Baltimore, I believe. Okay. And so he's, he, and then the plane, you know, with the Pentagon and the plane in Pennsylvania. And there was a whole timeline of all of that. Right. And, and we didn't know a lot of what was going on at the time. Everyone was focused. Every, I remember the reports where they're like, and another plane crash, and we believe there's a plane that's hijacked. Um, right, right. Seems like I remember hearing something about one heading towards Boston and one this and one that. Uh, the, what, what's the big, the Golden Gate Bridge? I kept yeah. hearing that there was one heading, heading towards the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, again, panic, you know, and, and rightfully so, because it was the unknown. And it had never happened before, at least in this country. And so he said, shut the phones down. We're shutting the company down. Mm-hmm. Go hug your kids. He went and got a rental car. He couldn't, he was trying to get a plane right, ticket. You couldn't get a you plane, get a plane ticket. You couldn't fly. Shut the airport. Well, remember, stuff. there were people from overseas, from Europe or whatever, trying to fly back to America and they couldn't. So they were, what, in Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, yes, somewhere, I think, right. St. John's in Canada. And they had to stay on the plane there. And the Canadians took such good care of them, but, you know, no one could fly in. No, the borders are closed. The the airport. Every airport, closed. every plane was down except for fighter pilots who were out there from the Air Force. And just I li- policing. I lived in Garden City, Michigan at the time, which is n- not far from the our main hub, our metro right. airport, metro, Detroit Metropolitan Airport. And it was so eerily quiet. I think yeah. that that was that was the big thing. Is everyone was glued to their television sets. And everybody, you know, was like, there's no planes. They let us pick my kids up. My kids got to be picked up. Yeah, because school. most schools, they were, everybody was on lockdown. Yeah. So I pretty much kept them away from the television set. They were young at the yeah. time. And, but I, I mean, you were scared. I remember shaking, going, okay, is this the end of the world? Yeah. You know, again, they were thinking big buildings or places that were really populated by people, you know, where they could. I guess for lack of better terms, take out as many people as they could. Cause I guess that was the only reason that they were doing, it. I mean, it was, the whole thing was senseless. So at 8:20 AM air traffic controllers suspect that flight 11 had been hijacked at 8:40, uh, they're notified that there is a hijacking that's done. Flight 11 crashes into the world trade center at 8:46 AM okay. 9:03 AM flight 175 crashes into the South tower. 9.28 a.m., air traffic learns that Flight 93 had been hijacked. And at 9.38 a.m., Flight 77 crashes into the Pentagon. 9.59 a.m., the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapses. And at 10.10 a.m., Flight 93 crashes into Pennsylvania. Yeah, and that was weird. I remember that the story on that one where they knew they were being hijacked and a group of guys, gentlemen on the plane, you know, got banded together and said, well, we're going to die anyway. We might as well take them out. Yeah. And I think the, the phrase was, let's roll when they did it. Yeah. And that was it. I got goosebumps. Yeah. It just, you know, you don't know what you're going to do in a situation like that. But yeah. you can't blame them. I mean, you know, they did the right thing and obviously they made it through. That was Todd Beamer, they believe, yeah. is who said that. Let's that roll. That heroism on Flight 93. Neil Young wrote a song about it. Neil, let's roll. And Todd Beamer, just for um, just for like side, he was actually born in Flint, Michigan. Cool. So, uh, yeah, 
just senseless. I mean, you know, and, and anything like that, you know, terrorism or war, whatever. I don't know. I just, um, you know, I know everyone complains now. You got to go through TSA and that, but I guess it's better safe than sorry. Well, our world changed. After Everything that. changed. Everything. The, the one thing that I did, you know, as much as it was, I mean, obviously sad. I mean, yes. Uh, 20. 300 people died something like that 2976 people died and i don't even know if that is a correct yeah. estimate or if it's even larger than that because i've read for people who've had loved ones that have gone missing that they know were down at the world trade center right. so i i know that they're part of the whole um you know, part of the numbers, yeah. but I don't even know if that's an accurate number. It's kind of funny. I, where were you when this happened, when that happened? That was our biggest one, I guess, in our lifetime. You were born in 70, so yeah. I was alive when Kennedy was shot. I don't remember that because I was very young, but I honestly, that's my first memory. And I don't know how or why, but I can see myself in my house with my mother, and we had like a console i'm sure it was black and white because i don't think they had color in those days console it was like a blonde colored wood tv set and my mother was crying and i remember asking her why she was crying and she says the president's been shot and that's my first memory i remember reagan being right. shot i had a half day and my mom came to pick me up from school and she was crying and i said what's wrong and she said reagan was shot but he they think he's going to be okay I was at Fairlane Town Center Mall shopping, actually. And it was on the radio, you know, inside the store. Yeah. I thought, wow. And then I was working at the Oklahoma bombing. Wasn't it the Oklahoma yeah. bombing? Timothy McVeigh. And um, another one from Michigan. I was another one that was the town crier, and mm -hmm. I had the radio on and, you know, told my uh, coworkers that it and it was and they and their another co-worker had a friend that ended up passing away in that so it was just so much tragedy but the one thing that i've i go back to that day and as sad as it was we became a nation patriotic and we we were together we were like together and you think yeah. of you know we're in covid right now right. And we're all in this together, you know, on a worldwide. Like it or not. But we're not. No. We're so torn apart and there's no patriotism. And I don't want to make this political right. at all. But it's like, have, do you think that 9-11 hardened us maybe? Well, probably I say that like with movies and that sensationalism, you know, the gory or the walking dead, the whatever, the more gore and crazy stuff that we see, the more we get hardened to everything. Video games are the same way with kids. You know, whatever, shoot people down, kill, kill, kill. I think so. Yeah. I think it's just society as a whole now. They try to, you know, get this awe and get this, you know. I think maybe the older, older I got, you know, remember who who was it? Skipper Gore or something? Who was Tipper, it? Tipper, Tipper, Tipper Gore. Gore. That was like completely yeah. against like the movies and the music. Yeah. And all the ratings. Ozzy on Osbourne that. and yeah. And I thought that is ridiculous. But yeah. now Bad words that I may and... be older, people are, you know, say the F word as if it's in regular, you know, language, regular <laughs> vocabulary. you know, vocabulary, conversation. And I'm guilty of it at times, yes. Pe well, you just don't say it to say No, it. I don't people say it to say, say it. it to just right, say just it. just to, to shock people. 
and then some comedians, and, you know, was it Richard Pryor or whoever, you know, yeah, that's Sam what they Kinison. did. Sam Kinison. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. Sam Kinison. And it, it is, I think that we've become a society that's become numb right. to tragedy. And I think 9-11 is one of the ones that we tried really hard. I think we did a good job for that time. But then we became suspicious. The society then became, there were conspiracy theories that were brought out. And there still will always be. And there are plenty of them now. And I, it's just exhausting. It becomes exhausting. True. So today is 9-11. You're listening to the Robinette Stuff <laughs> podcast. And we are remembering when. Um, 9-11. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, you go back into the whole spiritual side of like 9-11. Was it, was it the day? Was there, you know, if you think of emergency, 9-1-1. Yeah, there's, there were certain things. I guess a date meant something and somebody's calendar and i don't remember what that was but numerologically yeah. you add the numbers up Together. to a single digit and that would be a one, one which means new beginnings so were they taking over for new beginnings you know i don't know what's the, what they were trying to prove i, I never understood that yeah i well, but again going back to the conspiracy theories we don't really know what happens in Washington. No. We really, it's years later. We yeah, know like what we're told. The media controls everything. They tell us what they want us to hear. Could you imagine, though, taking on that, like you loving your leader or you loving your country so much that you become an assassin like that. You become, you were going to hijack these planes and you were going to die while you're hijacking these planes, you're but doing you're doing it, it for, for the good, good or whatever. Whatever their belief whatever is. Whatever their, their. It's no different than World War Two, you know, with Hitler and that. You know, everyone thought they were just going to take over the world and we'd all be speaking German. And that brought this country together too. And it needed to be done then because it was during the Great Depression. So Rudy Giuliani. Yes. Right. Because he was like, he was, he was the hub of right, New York. New York. He was the mayor. I guess. So his quote on September 11th is the attacks of September 11th were intended to break our spirit. Instead, we have emerged stronger and more unified. We feel renewed devotion to the principles of political, economic and religious freedom, the rule of law and respect for human life. We are more determined than ever to live our lives in freedom. Correct. And it makes me almost want to cry because we have so torn ourselves away from that. Mm-hmm. We we just have. We were stronger. We were unified. We're not. No, we're not. We're not. not at all now. We're not. And I've never been the most political person or most patriotic person in the world either. But as I get older and I see how this world has gone and how this country has gone, I guess uh, I'm a lot more now than I ever was before. So they, there's another quote that I really like. It's by one of the wives of the pilots that, that perished. Mm-hmm. If we learn nothing else from this tragedy, we learn that life is short and there's no time for hate. And I think that I, I try, we try yeah. to live up to, you never know. Tomorrow is never guaranteed. Yeah, nothing's guaranteed. None of us are perfect. Try to make the most of things and try to be the best person you can be, I guess. And just, as hokey as that sounds, but it's true. It's not hokey at all. There's just the simplest That's acts true. of kindness. 
Just, I mean, I used to say, just smile at the person. Well, now we're yeah, we got masks, masks on. on. I but, squint my eyes. A but little I'm bit. happy when people are polite. You know, older or younger, holding the doors, don't do whatever. It's. Yeah. I always say it's nice to be nice. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's nice to be nice. And you know, I said if nothing else, my mother taught me how to be polite. And for the most part, I am. And you know, you try to be. And regardless of what Except situation you're doing, tells you me not to sing. Like don't sing. Did. Yeah, I won't we had to cut. We had a couple. Start, we started because she started singing, <laughs> and he's like, "Don't, don't do that. Sing. Don't sing." <laughs> so he's nice to you all, but he's not so nice to me. I'm doing them a favor. Trust me. No, oh. she she sings well, but I don't want this to be a karaoke hour. <laughs> no, it it is it is so true that we're not the only ones living on this planet. Nope. We. We share, we are given the gift of being able to share this planet with other people. True. And we're such a selfish society. Yeah. Where, you know, we go, oh, yeah, there's fires on the West Coast. It's not affecting us. Whatever. Whatever. It's, you know, there's the koala bears are dying in Australia. Oh, not too bad. I guess I'll go to the zoo and I'll see koala bears myself. It's, but that's that numbness yeah. that I talk about. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Oh, I, I don't have an answer. Do you have an answer? I don't think anyone has an answer. Uh, an answer. You know, again, we're told or we're supposed to hear what they want us to hear. There's theories, conspiracy theories. There's, and, and who knows who's what, right and who's wrong, who's the bus and who's and who to blame. Cares? We don't. It doesn't really make any difference. Just walk your path. Yeah. And and try to do it as positively with positive influence. I see fights on social media. You don't do the social media so much. And I don't do it because of fights. People are mean. They're, they they think they can rule the world behind a keyboard, behind a screen. And it's just ridiculous. You know, cutting people down or making fun of And how is that going to change? It's not going to change anything. anything. And I don't care what they have next to their name if it's you know, a title, if it's a political title, I don't care what side of what fence you're on. It doesn't make, it doesn't make it right. Right. I agree with you on that. Because I see so many people hating that one side. Right. And they're, they hate that side because of the hate from that side, but they're doing the same thing by throwing hate. It's like watching television. Now we've been doing this for the last couple of months. We've got another two months of it before the elections, regardless of it's local state or, you know, federal, national president, whatever, uh, nothing but negative ads out there. Everyone's cutting each other down and the mud slinging and doing whatever. And I dread it every couple of years because that's all you see. You don't see these people at all for two, three years. Now all of a sudden you see that you've been barred with these commercials. So-and-so did this and so-and-so does that and vote for me. And it just gets so old. Well, and I said that too on my Facebook, I'm like, Tell me what you're going to do. Stop telling yeah, me what this person, person is did or, or didn't do or might right. not do. Right. Like, right. don't tell me your plan. What What are you? Because you're looking like a, a schoolyard bully is yeah, what you're looking of. like. Sometimes it's true. It's true. And I I don't know how you can vote off of that. Well, for, well people only hear what they want to hear. You see a little blip, you know, in a 30 second commercial and it plants a seat in your head. It's like so-and-so doesn't show up for work. So-and-so didn't vote right. for us. And so-and-so says you're going to, whatever, you know. So that's what you think of when you're in the ballot thing, you're crossing off, you think, oh yeah, that guy didn't show up for work. So we're going to mark, you know. But we're not we, can, we can do it from the opposite and say, this guy says he's going to help the economy. Right. And this guy says he's going to, or this girl says she's going to help with 
jobs or whatever. I'm just making stuff up. And the funny thing is, sure, you're going to do that. They all say that. But why haven't you done that in the last two years? Or four years. Right. Or 17 years yeah, or whatever. It is. So it's, don't tell me what you've done. You know, what are you going to do now? I just, I think that I err on the side of Pollyanna sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not really like that as much as it sounds like that I am. No, you're, you're much more a realist while I'm a little bit more a uh, dreamer, I guess. You know, I'm Peter Pan. I don't ever want to grow up and I know I'm pushing 60 here, but still you got to be real in the world and understand what's going on. And 9-11 for me, I thought that we were going to find some unification or utopia after that. I did. I, I thought, I don't know why, but I had, I can still remember going to church. So I'm, I don't know. I'm going to start crying with this. I can remember going to church. I went every Sunday with the kids and that church service after nine 11 was everyone hugged. Everybody held hands. The American flag was flying super high. And instead of singing hymns we sang patriotic songs we hmm. did and you know in the one song that everyone was blasting was what lee, lee greenwood's god bless the usa yeah and it was yeah i don't and there's a toby keith and toby keith wrote a song and then um, you know there was yeah where have you been when the world stopped turning yeah. or you know all of these kind of songs came out and everybody was doing their part everyone people were going to first aid places you know police officers on fire departments even in right. michigan all over the united states and they were thanking them and they were handing them you know cakes and cookies mm -hmm. and now we're we're <laughs> we're, we're hating on we're hating on them i'm wearing my new york mets jersey 9-11's on the sleeve Mike Piazza, I believe they were the first team to play when uh, after this happened, because I know they shut things down. And so here we are. Here we are. It's 9 11. Where were you? This is Christy. This is Chuck. This is the Robinette's Nest. Thanks again for listening to the Robinette's Nest with Chuck and Christy Robinette. Be sure to subscribe and tune in for the next episode.